This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. It's Friday night. It's the preview show. It's the No Name Never Podcast. Hello and welcome to the preview show brought to you by the No Name Never Podcast. And it is, listeners, take three. I'm your host, Natalie Bromley, and joining me is the main man himself, the headliner of the preview show, and it is Dave Statman Roberts. Dave! Third time's a charm, is that the expression? Uh, hopefully, yeah. With fingers crossed, the game's going to be on this Saturday. We uh, recorded, we did record the first one in December. That was obviously called off at the last minute, and then we were kind of wise, weren't we, with the second one? We weren't going to be caught out. We delayed and we delayed, and eventually we were proved right because we hadn't recorded the uh, the second time. Yep, correct. We we were we were pretty wary at that point. So it came just after the. Well, which game was it that got called called off the Villa one, was it? Whichever game it was. Uh, Leicester. No, it was Leicester, wasn't it? Um, yes. So, yeah, we were pretty wise to that. We didn't bother recording. So, we have one. We now are pretty confident we are going to get a game um, this weekend. And we are here, of course, to bring you all the news and stats and prep for that match. Um, before we dive into that... Um, and actually, one quick thing, Dave, I'm going to say. This is the first time our listeners have heard from us since the 31st of January. I am declaring this preview show a transfer deadline day free zone. We're not going to talk about it yet. We'll, we'll dissect it later. But tonight, it's all about Watford, okay? So it's a, it's a free zone, free zone. So we're going to go straight into the small matter of a quiz question. Many, many moons ago, however long it was now, we set our listeners... Actually, that was the which quiz question? Which preview show? Arsenal. Was? Arsenal, of course it was. Before the Arsenal preview show, we asked you the following question Chris Wood had a bit of a reputation for being offside, but how many times was he flagged offside in Premier League games during his time at Burnley? Dave, you little scamp, that was both difficult and quite amusing in equal measures. Well done you. Um, why don't you tell our listeners what the correct answer was and whether we had any correct guesses? Well, yeah, first of all, the correct answer was 156, which is just over one offside per game on average, which is perhaps lower than you might think. Uh, but we did perhaps. widen it out. <laughs> perhaps, yeah. yeah. 
we, we did widen it out and we posted the question in our weekly newsletter and also on Twitter. And although there was a vast range of guesses from uh, three, thanks, uh, Tom Whittaker, uh, <laughs> to, uh, quote, a number so vast that even deep thought can't work it out. Uh, and another one with lots and lots of nines uh, going through in the full range of characters that Twitter allows. But remarkably, some of the answers were quite close. And in fact, we received three replies from people who got the answer spot on. All were from Twitter. Uh, Claret John, who is Claret Longside. Uh, George, who is uh, Wilkin Songbird. And also Michael Strutt, who is Strutt76. They all replied with the correct answer. Uh, were these just lucky guesses? And we did have around s over 70 of them. Uh, or were some search engine skills involved? We'll <gasps> leave you to decide. We do not tell, tolerate search engine abuse on this show. John Robertson, are you listening? In fact, that's, that's probably, I'm amazed that John Robertson didn't submit a correct answer, actually, because he's his prime Google world. Maybe he didn't. Maybe he felt guilty. Um, actually, a quick quick point, actually. Now, I'm going to do a quick rally cry here. Um, John Robertson sent us um, an email through his VIP channel that we have for him, <laughs> hilariously, um, this week with a really, really great idea for some future episodes of the podcast. And it just did make me think that um, just the, the information that listeners send to us that they want to hear and see and stuff you want us to cover is always utterly brilliant. So keep them coming. Be like John Robertson. Drop us an email. You know the drill. You know how to get in touch with us um, and send us some ideas of anything that you want to see on either the preview show or on the analysis show. We are here to listen. Um, there will be another quiz question for you at the end of this episode, so do not fret. You do not have to wait very long to be challenged once again. You just need to stick around. So hang fire till the end of the show, and Dave will be giving you this week's quiz question. Premier League head to head. So let's move on to the actual preview show itself. Why we are here, Dave. We are, of course, looking ahead to the rearranged strike three fixture of Watford at home. It's on Saturday, the 5th of February, and it's a 6 pm kickoff live on BT Sport. We are going to dive straight into the history of this fixture, Dave. So why don't you kick us off with all of the recent Premier League meetings? Yeah, well, 2021-22 uh, this season is the fifth season that our paths have met in the top flight in the Premier League era. In the past four matches at Turf Moor, Burnley have won three times and lost just once. Uh, Watford's only win out of the four was by a 3-1 scoreline. In that match in August 2018, ex-Claret striker Andre Gray gave the Hornets an early lead before James Tarkovsky hit back with a quick-fire equaliser. However, second-half goals from Troy Deeney and Will Hughes ensured the visitors went away with all three points. Uh, we'll mention our two 1-0 wins now, and we'll keep the 2-0 win back for our memory match. Uh, so those two wins by a single-goal margin were in December 2017, uh, when Scott Arfield scored just before half-time, uh, not long after Watford's Marvin Ziegler had been sent off. And in June 2020, it was Jay Rodriguez who found the net with a second-half header in a match that was played behind closed doors. Uh, of course, we didn't meet last season as Watford was spending a season back in the Championship before bouncing back at the first attempt. Indeed. Memory match! Um, what have you picked for a specific memory match then, please? 
Okay, yeah, for our memory match, let's return to that 2-0 Burnley win, which took place early on in the 2016-17 season. Uh, Burnley were without striker Andre Gray, who was beginning a four-match ban for historical comments made on social media. Uh, We took the lead in the 38th minute after Stephen Defoe's corner was headed down by Jeff Hendrick and went through the legs of Sam Vokes and in past Watford goalkeeper Jorelio Gomez. Five minutes after half-time, we found the net again with another header. This time, Stephen Defoe's left-wing cross found Michael Keane, who directed a header in at the B-hole end to double our advantage. And it stayed that way to give us a well-deserved victory. Stephen Defoe was man of the match, and the victory took us up to 13th in the table on seven points after six games. Good stuff. I always forget sometimes that Keane always a claret. I did, I did like him. Poor lad. He needs to come back, actually. It's all going wrong for him at Everton. Let's have him back. On this day! On this day, then, um, what's happened on this particular date in previous years? Uh, well, there have been six past Burnley wins on the 5th of February. So let's take you through some of the most memorable moments on this date in years past. Uh, it actually started off rather badly with a 7-0 defeat against Preston North End at Deepdale. Uh, future Burnley manager Jimmy Ross scored a second-half hat-trick for the Lillywhites. That was a match that took place in uh, 1892, uh, 1891. Sorry. Uh, seven years later, in 1898, Jimmy Ross was playing for Burnley uh, and scored one of the goals in a 4-1 home win over Small Heath, who would later be renamed as Birmingham City as the Clarets topped the second division table. In 1910, we suffered a cup upset, losing 2-0 away to non-league Swindon Town, who were playing in the Southern League at the time. Uh, But things did start to improve. In 1921, Burnley beat Aston Villa 7-1 at Turf Moor during the record-breaking run of 30 league matches unbeaten. Joe Anderson scored five of Burnley's goals in that match. In 1927, Jack Bruton scored the only goal as we beat Manchester United in a 1-0 home win. And in 1930, we came from behind to beat Aston Villa 2-1 at Villa Park. There was just one more match on this date before the Second World War, and that was a 3-1 defeat at Luton Town. Uh, Between 1945 and 1999, there were seven Burnley matches on the 5th of February. All of them were away from Turf Moor, and we didn't win any of them. Uh, There were six draws during this period. First three were against Birmingham City in 1949, West Brom in 1955 and Arsenal in 1966, before we lost 2-0 at Luton Town in 1977. The other three draws were all 1-1 scorelines at Rotherham United in 1983, at Swansea City on a Friday evening in 1993 and then at Huddersfield Town in 1994. Uh, In the new millennium, there have been just three previous matches on the 5th of February. The first of those was a memorable match against Bristol Rovers at Turf Moor in the year 2000. Uh, After the sending off of Andy Payton, Glenn Little scored a wonderful solo goal as 10-man Burnley beat Bristol Rovers. Uh, 1-0. We then lost 1-0 at home to Leeds United in 2005. Frank Sinclair was sent off and Ian Moore failed to convert a late penalty, which would have earned us a point. And finally, in 2011, we beat Norwich City at Turf Moor with goals from Dean Marnie and the winner from Jay Rodriguez. So to summarise, our overall record for 5th of February is played 17, won 6, drawn 6 and lost 5, with 24 goals for and 25 against. I like that record. That's not bad. Club Connection! 
Well, we've been bringing you the club connection section on the preview show this season where we look at the players who have spent time with both clubs. Who are we going to focus on this week, Dave, please? Uh, well, way back in December, we tweeted out a list of players to see which names would come back in our replies. But there wasn't really one name which gained any momentum and stood out, with several individuals, including Micah Hyde, Jerry Harrison, Gifton No Williams, and even Alexander Kaklaniklich getting a mention. So we singled out the player who was mentioned by Todd Claret, thanks Andrew, and that was Clark Carlisle. Who can forget that day at Wembley and his emotional interview after Burnley had beaten Sheffield United to reach the promised land of the Premier League? I feel like we've covered this point before, Dave. I see. Was it was it the Sheffield United preview show, maybe, where you said, "What's your best memory or something?" And I said it had to be Clark Kyle, Clark Isle's Oscar speech at Wembley. Look at this fantastic, magnificent crowd. Look at these fans. It was absolutely brilliant. I have got so much time for Clark Carlisle, and I think he's. Uh, is a wonderful, wonderful individual. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty sure we've covered this before. But anyway, sorry, I, I, I wanted to jump in there. Do tell us all about Clark Carlisle, Dave. Yeah, well, Clark Carlisle was born in Preston in 1979 and started his footballing career with Blackpool. By the time he joined Watford in 2005, he'd also spent time with QPR and Leeds United and would also have a short loan spell at Luton before Burnley made a move for the experienced central defender in 2007, while Steve Cottrell was still our manager. But it was under Owen Coyle where we saw the best of Clark Carlisle, in partnership with captain Steve Caldwell, including that memorable 2008-2009 season which ended with victory at Wembley against Sheffield United. Uh, Clark was clearly very emotional when interviewed after the final whistle, weren't we all? Uh, but it meant that he would be playing top-flight football with Burnley the following season. Uh, he played 27 of the 38 games in the Premier League in 2009-10 and was a regular again the following season after we dropped straight back into the Championship. But after extended at loan spell with Preston and Northampton in 2011-12, he moved on for a short spell with York City before ending his playing career with Northampton. Uh, in total, he made 152 appearances for Burnley, scoring eight goals. During his time at Burnley, he was the chairman of the PFA and also appeared on TV quiz programme Countdown and as a panellist on the BBC's Question Time programme. But he also had his uh, off-the-field battles with his mental health and after being very frank in an, about an earlier attempt to take his own life when he was only 21 in his book and a TV documentary, there were more concerns in December 2014 when he also, thankfully, survived an incident with a lorry as a pedestrian on the A64 near York. Three years later, there were more concerns when he went missing. Uh, before being found safe, and we can only hope that Clark is coping with his personal demons now. Uh, however, he'll always be fondly remembered for the time he spent at Turf Moor, which culminated in that most memorable of matches at Wembley in May 2009. Indeed, he will always be very special to Burnley fans and um, a fantastic advocate for mental health as well, and he's been unbelievably brave to come out and tell his story and basically raise awareness for the challenges that's that people with mental health difficulties face and um and yeah you're right I, I, we do always always wish that he is in a really good place and feeling well and just enjoying life scouting report um that's the end of the first half of the preview show so we now need to go into the second half where we look to kick off with our scouting report because this is of course the present. Dave, scouting report, kick us off. 
Yeah, well, it's perhaps not a surprise, uh, certainly to anyone who's being, uh, been paying attention for the last decade, uh, but Watford are already onto their third manager of the season. Uh, despite getting the Hornets promoted last season, a Spaniard, Cisco Munoz, was sacked in October to make way for an Italian, Claudio Ranieri, who in turn was sacked just last month with veteran 74-year-old former England manager Roy Hodgson coming out of retirement for one last job. Watford's summer transfer outlay of just over £20 million included 22-year-old central midfielder Imran Luzer, 22-year-old goalkeeper Maduka Okoye, 23-year-old Nigerian striker Emmanuel Dennis, who was a bargain £3.6 million buy from Club Bruges, and 32-year-old midfielder Musa Sissoko, who arrived from Spurs. Uh, they spent a further £20 million or so on six more players in the winter window, suggesting that their scattergun approach to recruitment isn't just limited to managers. Watford haven't played since the appointment of Roy Hodgson, so we can't read too much into likely formations for Saturday, as there may be a different approach to his predecessors, particularly in defence. Uh, since mid-December, Watford's issues with COVID have eased, uh, but they still have several players out injured but they are able to welcome back the likes of Imran Loser, uh, Adam Messina and William Truce Ekong after their participation in the African Cup of Nations. However, their current injury list includes Nicholas Nkulu, Peter Etobo and Kwadwo Barr. Uh, despite some controversy over his fitness, which led to Watford initially trying to block his involvement at AFCON, his male Assar is still there with Senegal, who've reached the final. Uh, for a player who the club did not think was fit enough to be released, he hasn't done badly, and came off the bench in the last two matches and even scored against Equatorial Guinea in the quarter-final. Uh, Emmanuel Dennis is currently Watford's top goalscorer with eight, although he's unavailable due to a suspension for being sent off in their last match against Norwich City. Uh, Josh King and Ismail Assar have each contributed five goals so far this season, uh, and this trio, trio are also the club's top three contributors in terms of FPL points so far this season. But as mentioned already, only one of them, Josh King, will be available to play this Saturday. Well, you've heard our thoughts about our visitors, but for balance, we do also like to bring the thoughts of our opposition and this week we spoke to the Watford podcast from the Rookery End um, as Jason Bailey has recorded this week's Opposition View. Opposition View! Hi it's Jason from the Watford podcast from the Rookery End. Looking forward to heading into this Burnley game at the third time of asking and of course Watford being Watford we're going into it with a new manager. So how am I feeling heading into this game? Well actually I'm feeling stupidly optimistic which is a bit unusual given that we haven't won since we beat Manchester United 4-1 early on in Claudio Ranieri's reign. And since then, it's been a bit of a, a tough watch. We had a difficult run of games and we did sort of hold our own against the, the bigger sides. But then we've come up against teams that we should have performed better against and the performances and the results have been disappointing. Bar uh, Late equaliser at Newcastle, where we managed to pick up a, a, a well-deserved point. It's been it's been hard. It's been tough, and I say I'm coming into this game feeling optimistic. And I think it's the the unknown. It's it's the fact that we've got a new man at the helm. He's going to try something different. He's going to hopefully give us a bit of a new manager bounce. I went into Claudia's last game at home to Norwich. You'd think there's a great opportunity for for three points. I did go into it feeling cautious. Not sure what to expect, seeing the sort of recent performances against other teams we should have beaten and and 
yeah, first goal was important. Norwich got it and heads dropped from there. And it was by the end a real, real tough watch. And uh, I think we're all ready to go home. But as the Potsays do, they've taken action. Claudio's gone. Roy's in, bringing Ray Lewington back to Watford with him as well. Uh, a a well loved man. Fans are delighted to see him back. And I think that adds to the um, optimism, certainly from my point of view, seeing him back at the club. We've not kept a clean sheet all season in the Premier League and you know that will be Roy's first task to try and do something there, try and make us solid, try and make us hard to beat and that fits in with his style of game. We know at Palace he sort of played a 4-4-2 low block style of game, counter-attack and we're interested to see in the Burnley game because I guess that's a sort of Daish's preferred uh, setup as well. Um, will it be a sort of quite a cautious game, a, a chess match cliche type of game we shall see will be interesting to see not only how we perform defensively but how we get our attacking players into the game with if we go with that setup we've got some exciting talent there albeit they sort of dipped in form recently Emmanuel Dennis has been a revelation this season um, has been great to watch produce some nice little moments of skill but has also contributed with uh, a lot of goals and assists as well his form has dipped recently but it'll be good to see him back on song and hopefully causing Burnley problems obviously we'll need to deal with the attacking threats that Burnley have most notably the new signing Weghorst Uh, as I said our defence hasn't been great this season and if you've got a big man up there ready to bully our back four perhaps that does uh, worry me slightly but you know a couple of weeks ago we came up a guy um, by the name of Chris Wood who we expected to do the same to us and we kept him pretty quiet so if we can do that against him hopefully we can do the same against Weghorst don't know how you guys will feel about him who's actually going to be the better of the two guess that remains to be seen but hopefully we can keep him quiet as we did with Newcastle so uh, I guess we'll we'll finish with a with a prediction um, I'm always on the pessimistic side when it comes to predicting Watford games we never do well in the northwest. Burnley always a tough place to go but I'm going to try and be a little bit positive I will go for a one-all draw may the best team win uh, no actually come on Watford oh, from the rock, rookery end they have been friends of the Known and Ever podcast for a very long time and they produced amazing content um, so if you are looking for just general po- sporting podcasts, do check out their content because they are fantastic advocates for fan-led um, material and, and, and just, yeah, they're, they're just really great. So do check them out. Um, just before we go on to our thoughts ahead of the game, and Dave, who is going to be refereeing? Uh, we've got Craig Porson of Sheffield. He's scheduled to take charge of this rearranged match. Um, although he'd been appointed for the postponed fixture last month, it was actually Martin Atkinson who'd been due to be in the middle for the original game in December. Uh, Burnley have only won four of our previous 16 matches that Craig Porson has refereed. And it's been a little while since he's taken charge of one of our matches. With just one game in 2019-20 and one in 2020-21, both of which were draws. Those were both away games, Aston Villa and Wolves, respectively. In terms of sendings off, there have been quite a few. There's been five. Uh, in all five cases, they were opposition players. He reduced Brighton to nine men in the first 12 minutes at the Amex in 2011, as Romain Vincelot and also Ashley Barnes 
both saw red. Uh, Burnley won that match 1-0 with a Kieran Trippier goal. Uh, he also sent off Blackburn Rovers player Lee Williamson for a professional foul in a 1-1 draw at Turf Moor in 2013. He brought... Uh, uh, Danny Ings down late on as he was uh, clean through uh, and he was also the referee who sent off Gary Cahill and Cesc Fabregas for Chelsea as Burnley won 3-2 on a memorable afternoon at Stamford Bridge on the opening day of the 2017-18 season. Uh, finally for this section Chris Kavanagh will once again be the video assistant referee. Excellent stuff. Statman Dave's Stat of the Week. Well, I know you don't want to leave it there, Dave, because I know you like to treat our listeners. So why don't you delve even, don't dive, delve deep into those pockets of yours and let our listeners have your miscellaneous Stat of the Week. Uh, Well, you said we weren't going to talk about transfers and signings, but this does relate to that. Sorry. <laughs> we are all hoping that Burnley's brand new signing, Dutch striker Wout Weghorst, will be in the starting eleven on Saturday. Uh, if he does play, then recent history is against him in terms of the likelihood that he will score a goal in his debut. So far, 70 different players have been given their debut by Sean Dyche since he took over as Burnley manager in 2012. And only one of those 70 players has managed to score a goal on their debut. Uh, that player uh, was Mate Vidra, who came on as a substitute and scored Burnley's goal in the 1-1 draw against Olympiacos at Turf Moor in August 2018, although it wasn't enough and we were defeated 4-2 on aggregate. That's all right. That's that's not a bad transfer mention. I'm all right with that. It's just the rest of it that we're going to keep quiet. Um, so how are you feeling about the game? Um, surely, Dave, this is the one where you can finally say it's a must-win game? No. Oh, Dave, come on. How is this not a must-win game? We're because, if, because if we lose it, we're not down, are we? Richard, yes. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say yes, sir. I'm going to say if we lose at home against Watford on Saturday, we are down. I cannot... We are running out, despite having 455 million... Uh, games in the bank as postponements and rearranged fixtures. We are running out of winnable games and we are going to need to get probably at least seven wins before now and the end of the season. And if you're not going to win at home to Watford, what, are we just going to go and win at home against United instead? It's Probably. Yeah. But, but, but <laughs> also, we've talked about this before, Dave, it's more important, if we only win one of the next two games, it's far more important to win at home. Agreed, yes, very much so. Yeah, so yeah. this is a must-win for me. Um and believe we've got some injury problems again. Uh, well, yeah, one or two that we know about. Um, obviously, Josh Brownhill is suspended. He picked up five yellow cards, so he's not available. Um, Ashley Barnes is still coming back from his injury. He actually played uh, 45 minutes to the under-23s today. Uh, he scored a, a header, I think, from a, a corner just before half-time and then came off at half-time. He just played the 45 minutes. So he's not going to be... He's certainly not going to be starting on Saturday. I guess there might be a a possibility they might um, consider putting me on, on the bench in terms of having a, a late cameo role as a sub, but I'd be surprised. I think he might want another game before um, he gets back into the, uh, uh, the the main match day squad. Um, in terms of other injuries, we know that Charlie Taylor is uh, had a, an ankle injury, so he's uh, doubtful. Uh, Matty Vidra's had his hernia up now, so um, he's not going to be playing. And also um, JBG. Uh, he's had appendicitis, uh, so that's um, he's coming back from that in a few weeks. So we've got a few problems from that respect. We've also got uh, Maxwell Corney coming back from Afcon, 
Uh, he didn't arrive back until Wednesday, we believe, uh, according to the uh, press conference uh, that happened on Thursday. Um, but you'd hope that he, he's certainly going to be involved in some way and you'd hope that he's going to be um, OK to start. I think if we, if we can get um, him starting with um, Vout up front as well, then uh, that's going to give us a bit of impetus and um, and give Watford something to think about. So, yeah, we, we have got one or two problems. We don't have COVID problems now, but we have uh, still injury problems and we don't have the deepest of squads. And as we mentioned briefly, we didn't really bring, other than, replacing one for another, um, Chris Wood being replaced by uh, Vout Veghorst. Uh, we didn't bring any other um, recruits in. So uh, from that, uh, in that respect, we are struggling a little bit, particularly with the, uh, the injuries we've got. Yeah, if only we'd have just had a whole month to be able to bring in reinforcements, Dave, if only. <laughs> um, so is that how, you know, listeners, you know I, I struggle with the old pronunciation. Is that how we're pronouncing it? Vote. Vout. 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 Veghorst. Yes. Vout Veghorst. You're going to have to yes. start spelling that phonetically in our script, I think, Dave, otherwise I'm going to start embarrassing myself. Um, give me a score prediction then, please. Um, I'm going to go for a Burnley win, and I'm going to go... F- because Watford don't keep clean sheets. Nope. Um, don't jinx it. Is it, is it how many games? Is some, some, I should have had that stash of the week. They've had... In, in, something like each manager, the last five clean sheets have all been with different managers or something. It's it's been that well, they've changed manager every other week. Don't I was so. say that's not that that's impressive really a start, to be honest. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go for a two-one Burnley win, and I'm going to go for a debut goal for Vout yes. and Maxwell Corney getting the other. Excellent. Well, I'm going to go for a three-nil Burnley win. I think we're feeling positive. I am going to also go with a Vout Vout vote. I've Vout. forgotten Vout. Um, a Vout debut header. Um, I'm going to go with a Maxwell sensational volley from about 50 yards out. And I'm going to go with a Benmi header. Of course, I'm going to go with a Benmi header. I think it's going to be an absolute rout. I think the uh, I think they'll be spurred on by the point they got at Arsenal. I think they will be spurred on with a full turf mode that's absolutely rocking. And I think that these players are still absolutely furious with that turncoat who's gone to Newcastle and will just make a good effort to try and win. So, listeners, you know the drill by now. Get in touch with us and let us know your score prediction. We want a score, scorer, and how they scored, please. Some of the suggestions that come through our email are utterly hilarious. Um, you can tweet us at None and Ever. You can leave a comment on our Facebook page, or you can email us at our special email address, which is previewshow at noneandever.net. Um I think that's it for for the the game. Shall we move on to some Fantasy Premier League, Dave? Yes, let's do that. Fantasy Premier League update. Okay, and then here we are then. At this point in the show, we usually bring you the FPL League updates. But actually, the tables won't be updated until after Saturday's fixture, which is the final match of Game Week 23. Although that's in February, we are assuming that it will also count in January's manager of the month. So do bear with us with that. We'll try and we'll get Statman Dave to try and figure out what the rules are and we will confirm that at a later podcast. So instead, we decided this week that we were going to bring you some insight in terms of FPL tactics and strategy. So we caught up with a friend of the show, Jason McKenna, to see if he could provide some helpful advice to our FPL managers. Now, savvy listeners will remember that Jason was on the show 
um, not that long ago. And we, of course, recorded that on that same night. So um, I'm going to leave it here. Uh, producer Matt's going to pick up the soundbite, drop it in after our little segment here, and you can listen to what we talked about when we recorded that Arsenal preview show with young Jason. Well, listeners, you know that we do like to give you some handy tips and hints when it comes to FPL, uh, mainly for me, because I don't always know what I'm doing. Um, So we are delighted this week to bring you a little bit of a, shall we say, um, coaching session with Jason McKenna, friend of the show, somebody who's been on the the previous show quite a few times now. Um, Jason, we wanted to bring you on really and just extract some of that FPL knowledge from that brain of yours to see if you can help our known and never FPL coaches. Um, How are you doing this season? And I guess, you know, what, what tips can you give to them? I would say not the best of seasons, but I think you know, circumstance have to dictate what kind of levels you you put onto yourself and, and expectations because it's been so weird, so many cancellations, so many postponements. I think there's there's a few tips that I would give. One of the first things, obviously, for people listening, uh, I work at Premier Injuries with Ben Dinnery, so we do the, the injury analysis and things like that. And from the start of the season, we've kind of said this week in, week out. Some people have listened, some haven't make sure to have really strong benches because, you know, inevitably we will see a few more incidents where uh, unfortunately a game is called off or somebody's injured or somebody gets COVID. And so at least you have somebody starting. Maybe they'll only get you two points, one point, but that's better than no points. And at least you're getting a full 11 out there. So that's that's one thing that I would say for now until the rest of the season. Yes, it's a bit annoying that you've got maybe wasted money on the bench, but have some starters on there that are definitely going to play, have a backup goalkeeper as well. You know, really maybe the the thing that is quite different from this season to other seasons is having a, a healthy bench is key to, to just even getting 11 players out there, which is the, the kind of sad thing. Um, the next thing is maybe the chip strategy. Now, I think one of the interesting things from all these cancellations is we have seen an extra free hit. Um, But a lot of people have been using triple captains because of the double game weeks. What I would say is, first of all, wait on your information. Wait until, you know, the maximum moment of opportunity right at the end, just before the deadline hits, because you don't want to make any transfers or play one of these chips and then they're gone Um, and you can't kind of cancel them or, or whatever. Um, and it's it's a wasted opportunity there because games get called off, whatever happens. So obviously with a free hit, you have all these transfers, but you might be looking, oh, Liverpool have got two tasty fixtures here and then all their games are cancelled because of COVID. So waiting is an important thing. And also don't have the fear of missing out. Don't always listen to the crowd in those situations. Play what is best for your team. A lot of people kind of ask me, they'll spend, they ask other FPL uh, players, oh, what game week should I play rather than what are the conditions that you would play these chips at? And I think that's the big question is, when is it ready for your team? Is it, you know, really good bunch of fixtures? Do you have enough players playing? Kind of going back to the point, do you even have 11 players playing? You might want to play a free hit just because a few players are out this week, but your squad will be fantastic the next game week. So 
those are the few of the things that I look forward to. And then maybe finally, save those triple captains for one of these lovely double game weeks. Make sure to, to kind of have a really good one. But again, save it for the final minute because Ben and I do a lot of late live streams, literally minutes before the deadline. Uh, and that's when we play our transfers because that's when you have the most information at hand. Yeah, you know, one of the annoying things is kind of going, right, I've made this early transfer. I've saved myself 0.1 million in terms of a price rise. But then what have you saved yourself if they're injured, they've got COVID, the game's cancelled, you are then on the back foot against a lot of people there. I know a lot of games have been cancelled last minute, but at least then you can kind of not kick yourself and go, ah, oh, if I just waited a little bit longer, then I would have known. So those are some of my top tips. But do you two have any questions, Dave, Natalie, you know, any players or, or chip concerns that you have? <laughs> I, I have so many questions about FPL, but I, I think I think that's a whole different show. Um, I guess what I was kind of interested in is how this season has differed for you personally. So have you, I mean, obviously you've, you've passed on those three hints, which is really useful. So I think we've, we've kind of extracted a little bit from you of some of the frustrations you've had. But I guess, what have you found the most challenging with this season being like no other? Um, so maybe linked again to the work that we do at Premier Injuries, but it's the sheer number of injuries um, and, and kind of unexpected uh, occurrences. So kind of looking at our data, Ben has done some amazing extractions in terms of total numbers of injuries there at record levels in terms of the last five seasons um, up into, you know, uh, the, the highest levels that they have been. Uh, hamstring injuries, they are at record levels as well. And kind of going month to month, we're just seeing so many it's linked to COVID sometimes, but it's also people that are genuinely injured. And so I think that's one of the big things that has been the, the lack of consistency and being able to, to depend on individuals that maybe you once were able to before. I mean, if you look at Leeds, for example, you would have um, really fancied some of their players at the start of the season, the likes of Harrison, Rafina, uh, and even Bamford. And you'd kind of hold on to the likes of Rafina, even though he's he's not injured um, through the season and you'd kind of go, well, the, the other players are going to come back soon enough or, or this and that. But that's probably been the hardest thing is kind of predicting when these teammates will return or when these yeah. players will return to those levels. There's just so much problems. I think fatigue has really hit players for six this season. Yeah, I th we, we can we can definitely see that. I think most Burnley players' legs look like they they stuck in concrete, don't they, Dave? Um, Dave, you must you must have some questions to follow up from those. Well, I'm just, I'm just interested in what Jason said there because we had a little bit of a, a a tactics chat at the start of the season, and one of the things that Jason said was, "Don't have people on the bench. Get all your money into your starting eleven. It's amazing how things have turned around." Mm -hmm. I mean, I actually took no notice of that at the start of the season and I packed my bench with players who I thought were going to play. Um, and it's actually turned out that that was the right way to do it, probably more by luck than, than judgment. Um, but it's I'm, I'm, I'm not doing as well as Jason. Jason's in our league. I think you're 
about 30th, something like that, 35th, oh, wow. somewhere around there, doing reasonably well. But I'm I'm not I'm not doing too reasonably badly. Reasonably well, 35th, that's amazing. That's, that's pretty good, yeah. Um, I, I think my team's up to about 65th now, so doing doing reasonably well, but certainly better than previous seasons. And I think I'm, I'm taking the gradual approach. I think every season I do it, I think it's about the third season I've done it properly. Mm. I've improved season on season. I think that's all you can aim for, really, try and, uh, try yeah. and improve season on season. Uh, I'm, I, I'm I in top five, right, Anna, Dave? Yeah. Top five out of five in our uh, podcast <laughs> mini league. <yeah. laughs> just back to your point, though, Dave. I think it's it's really good that you you kind of call that to attention because I think again, maybe going back to Natalie's point, one of the the strangest things this season has been adapting, uh, and even more so than usual. One of the things that I don't like generally about football is is kind of reactionary. Uh, kind of mentalities you know one player or one team is bad because they've had one bad set of results but this season for FPL lots of players have really had to kind of turn about face react really quickly due to ever-changing information it's it's almost an information overload and and you're kind of right there the the old traditional way which I was kind of employing from last season seasons before was have as much money in your team as possible and then once these kind of worrying bits of data that we've been working on here at Premier Injuries uh, have have kind of come to the fore. We went, oh, well, actually, yeah, you do need to to pack your benches and everything. So like you said there, Dave, maybe you you had the right logic at the start of the season. We should be all listening to you, really. (laughs) Oh, no, Jason, don't be saying that to him. Come on, give me a break. It's taken me three seasons to calm him down. If you start handing that to him, it's going to be a disaster. Poor poor Dave. Um, No, Jason, that's absolutely brilliant. And I think I think that's been the key this season. Um, I think it's been incredible that so many of our managers have improved this season. I mean, I, I know I joke that um, I, I'm obviously nowhere near top five, but it, it was interesting to hear Dave saying about making improvements. I I don't commit the same amount of, of time as you guys do just purely because I don't have the time in the week to do it. Um, but I'm really fascinated in the game theory of it. I'm fascinated in in the strategy behind it. And one season, I'm going to have some time to commit to this and I'm, I'm going to do really well. But even that, you know, I'm picking up these tips and I'm doing better each season. So um, I know that our managers will be absolutely delighted to um, have, have listened and extracted that advice. So Jason, as always, it's a pleasure having you on the show. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing those pearls of wisdom. Um, and we will drop your details into social media when we publish this post. So guys, do please check out Jason and his team's work. They do amazing stuff and you will not go wrong for listening to that. So thanks, Jason. Oh, thank you for having me on as always. Statman Dave's quiz question. Okay, Dave, no more FPL to talk about. So let's move on to what everybody's here for and what we promised at the outset of the show. And that is, of course... The quiz question, what have you set our listeners this week? Okay, this week's quiz question is, uh, the Clarets have scored 45 goals in the 22 past matches played between Burnley and Watford at Turf Moor in all competitions. Which Burnley player is the top scorer in these games? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I'm going to submit my answer as soon as we get off air. So why don't you tell our listeners, uh, in fact, they should know this if they were listening five minutes ago, but why don't you reiterate to our listeners how they get in touch and submit their answers, please? Uh, yeah, you can tweet us or send us a direct message on Twitter. That's at never. You can email us, uh, previewshow at never.net 
or you can also reply to the post for this preview show on either the No Near Never Facebook page or on YouTube. Indeed. Um, Well, you're going to need to be very quick to submit your answers this time as there isn't long between making this episode available and having to record our next episode, which is on Sunday prior to the midweek game against Manchester United. So you're going to have a matter of a couple of days. Uh, We're going to reveal the correct answer and anyone who got it right at the start of that United preview show. But finally, let's just finish off with some good community news. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, a couple of things from me. Uh, first of all, a reminder of people, it's Ben Me Day on uh, Saturday. The the uh, ticket offers and the uh, price reductions and one or two other things were to commemorate the fact that uh, Ben Me has been at Turf Moor, well, permanently at Turf Moor uh, for 10 years, Burnley captain. So that's uh, a special thing for uh, for Saturday and a moment for him. Uh, but just to say really that 20, 2021 was a challenging year for the fans at Turf Moor uh, with just two home wins in league matches against Aston Villa back in January and Brentford in October. Uh, this will be our first Premier League home fixture of 2022. And with some sensible ticket offers being available, the ground should be almost full for Saturday's match. We believe it's a, a sellout or a, a virtual sellout already. Uh, so regardless of what you think about the club's dealings in the January transfer window, we need everyone to put that behind them to give their 100% support for this vital match against Watford. After a solid performance and a point at Arsenal, three points against Watford would not only kickstart our season, but would damage the hopes of one of the teams in and around us at the bottom of the table. Uh, that's always easier to achieve with a crowd that starts off vocally and stays behind the team for the full 90-plus minutes. The Turf Moor atmosphere can be intimidating for visiting players and fans alike, but we all need to play our part and get behind Sean Dyche and the players, which I'm sure we will. Uh, also, a regular reminder not to forget that the match day food bank collections for Burnley FC in the community kitchen will also be in place around Turf Moor on Saturday. So remember to bring a tin for the bin if you're able to. A tin for the bin. Have you just made that up or is that actually a line for the community? No, that's a thing. That's a thing. Yeah. Isn't it a tin for the bin? Oh, okay. I was going to give you a lot of credit for that then, Dave, but um, okay, you can't have that. Um, well, that, <laughs> that is, of course, all we have time for. So my thanks as ever go to everybody who contributed to making the preview show a success. Uh, first of all, to Jason Bailey from the Rookery End for his opposition view. Um, to Jason McKenna, um, also two Jasons this week for his FPL um, update, which was obviously fantastic and will be of great use to all of our managers. Uh, to Turf Moor Stadium announcer Dominic Walker for his specially recorded preview show announcements. To producer Matt, who is obviously the team's F- MVP always. Um, and of course, to Dave Roberts, who puts in a phenomenal amount of work getting the stats ready for your enjoyment listeners for no other reason. Um, last but by no means least to you, the listener, for downloading and listening to this episode. Your support is very much appreciated and we would not be here without you. Um, The team will be back on Tuesday with the analysis show where we are going to rip that band-aid off and dissect the um, transfer window inactivity. And we're going to celebrate what I'm sure will be a fantastic Watford win. So keep an eye on socials. We'll let you know when that goes live. Um, In the meantime, take care of yourselves and take care of one another. I've been Natalie Bromley. This has been the preview show brought to you by the None and Ever podcast. Until next time.
Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.